Yeah, we're continuing the theme of Paul's lockdown life, uh, and we'd love any comments or any any questions. You, you know the score by now in the in the feed, and we'll pick them up. We have, of course, tons of things to talk about, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, and and we've just had fun prepping this, having a conversation. So so we'll 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 carry on really, really with, with our chat, and we'll but please interrupt us uh, as we get going. One of, one of the things that really struck us as, as we prepped this and we shared before, we didn't get much time to develop, was this idea it comes up in, in Ephesians 3, Jan and Fawns, but it's also in Philemon 1, which are both letters that Paul wrote in his, uh, in his house arrest in Rome, where he uses the phrase that he's a prisoner of Christ, not a prisoner for Christ, but a prisoner of, of Christ. So... We tend to think, well, he's a prisoner of Rome. He's, he's, he's a prisoner of the system. He's a, a prisoner of the, the Praetorian Guard or whatever. But actually, his perspective was very different to that, and he was a prisoner of Christ. And I, get, I guess it's just not a, the way he lived. We have to get inside his head a little bit here. We were just talking about this. I think we should talk about this, Jan. Yeah. Actually, he lived with the mentality you see elsewhere in scripture, he says that he saw himself as a bond slave of Jesus. Um, and a bond slave meant he'd chosen to be the, the, the slave or the servant of God. And, you know, what we know about identity, of course he knew he was a son uh, and he, he had that sense of being a powerful person in Jesus, but he lived in the context of seeing himself as a volunteer slave. So, I mean, you were mentioning some scriptures around that, Jen, as well, about how, he's, how he didn't count his life. Yeah, you know, the, the um, I'm trying to think now, my mind's gone blank. The, um, <laughs> what's the one? The one. Uh, uh, about, uh, I don't count. Oh, yeah, I'm not my, my own. own. He's not, not my own. I was bought at a price. And I think so yeah. often, you know, we can, you know, we say, Jesus, here, have my life give it to you you're in charge now and then we go forth and and we lead and live our own life and really give him lip service in some ways rather than and I think what Paul did was he lived he let God live his life through him rather than Paul being in charge and deciding what that looked like and I think even you know the way that he so readily submitted we were talking about you know when he had the prophetic word and um, yeah. was, was it Agabus that came and took the belt off and wrapped it around his wrist and says, you know, if you if you go, um, you're going to be bound. And, you know, there's lots of tears and, and weeping, but he just completely yielded and submitted because his life was not his own. Um, he was, you know. He chose to do it. I was, look, I was looking it up um, because it just it so struck me in Acts 19, which is before the Agabus incident, Acts 19, 21, it says he resolved in the spirit, resolved in with the Holy Spirit that I must see Rome after I've been to Jerusalem. Yeah. So although he had these clear prophetic warnings that proved to be true, he still chose to do the will of God, although he was choosing to do the difficult thing that, that was ahead. Um, I guess though that feeds into, you know, he's shipwrecked on Malta for three months, he knew that Rome was where he was going to end up. So that yeah. there's just that that deep trust that, you know, God has this, you know, this is part of the plan that God has for me, therefore I'm going to get there. So I, which fed into his ability to say to the captain of the ship, you know, 
nobody's going to be lost. This is what God's revealed to me. Yeah. And this is what we need to do. I think just that that deep sense of, of knowing, I think, was incredible. Um, yeah, and you were saying how it affected his hope for the end of it. So when he's writing... Do you want to say a bit about that? I thought it was brilliant what, was, what he wrote to Philemon. So, yeah, when he was, um, he, in Philemon one twenty two, he, he says, he writes to him, prepare a guest room for me, for I am hoping mm. that through your prayers I will be gracious. Brilliant, isn't it? I love that. Like, my goodness. So his, his, he just, his hope levels remained high. Like here he was full of faith that, that the prayers of other people were going to get him released. Um, and I think, you know, to say to someone, prepare a guest room for me, I mean, that's quite the statement. That's not, okay, um, I'm just going to sit here and I'll, I'll be under house arrest and I'll be locked down in prison and, you know, maybe one day things will change. But actually, he was, he was, you know, I, I'm begging to declare a thing and it will be yeah. established, you know, and here he was, you know, looking for the day where he would get to go and be uh, yeah. with Philemon. And so just really full of hope, I would say, that... Um, you know, prepare a guest for me. I'm hoping that through your prayers, I'll be given to you. Um, but... It applies to us now, doesn't it? We have, it's not just hope in a vaccine, but uh, that struck, his hope was in, in God and God used circumstances. And I think that we've got to keep putting our hope in God, not the vaccine or the, because, you know, there'll be ups and downs in this process. I'm sure that's maybe things we haven't foreseen even. Yep. We keep our focus on, we are confident that we're going to come through this because God's going to bring us through uh, with a great outcome. And I think that's that's really that's really important. I, I was just struck, sorry, go on, Jen. I was going to say, I think because he knew that he wasn't his own, actually that meant that, you know, whether he was in a shipwreck, whether he was being stoned, whether he was being beaten, you know, obviously him, he and Silas him being beaten in, in yeah. earlier in Acts. And I think that regardless of the circumstances, whatever was going on, because he knew that, you know, he didn't belong to himself, he belonged to Jesus, that actually that he, I think that changed the perspective on his circumstances, that he knew that God was in charge. And he did, he did talk, we were chatting about this earlier, but, you know, for him, you know, living was great, but also dying was gain. And I think that sense hmm. of no matter what life threw at him, he just had this deep um, kind of resolute inner peace and uh, about the fact that God was in charge of his life and that actually whether God had him on planet Earth or with him, that actually both were positive and great. Um, and so I think his... It was a different perspective, wasn't it? Totally it was the well, I'm, I'm his bond slave. What he does with me is what he does with me. And, and it, it made me remember coming to Glasgow. Um, and when we, Teresa and I were praying about coming to Scotland now years, many years ago, and we felt we're feeling Glasgow. And yet, as we prayed about it, we got this, both of us had the same sort of cold feeling on the inside. It was a very strange thing. And what we felt was, this is, this is a tough assignment. And, and we had a choice and yet we still felt Glasgow and because this is for us anyway we we serve him first not what we think about the situation we we came and there's been some really really tough aspects but I'm still glad we did it and there's been some incredible incredible outcomes and still still is yeah. um 
but I just admire Paul's at another level of of submission to his King, you know, submission to Christ as the the one who's living his life through him. Uh, he knows and he's going to be bound. He's going to he's going he knows he's going to be in trouble. He still goes through it all. But but he lets God position him where he, God wants him to be because yes. you know we, we were chatting about this I think the last time just then whenever you know he was um, he talked about the. Um, Roman guard and, and those of Caesar's yeah. household. Do you want to say a little bit about that, Andy? Because I know that you were getting Oh yeah, something. absolutely buzzing with this. <laughs> and maybe just to just to land the point, you know, as we're chatting for folks that, that are tuning in, is it's just asking of us a new level of submission to Jesus as as we believe and talk a lot about our identity and who we are in Christ. And it's totally right that we should and, and the apostle Paul we get it from him. But but we're primarily his. We're kings who serve. We're sons who serve. And and just to remember that we're we're his bidding and we're submitted to that is really will help us in this season of significant difficulty that we're in actually. But uh, and it's totally countercultural because actually, yes. you know, we live in a society where it's all about you know, there's a lot about self. There's a lot about you know, I'm in charge of me. And in a nation where you know there's a undercurrent of <laughs> independence, yes, you know, and that that culture does feed in and and I guess bleeds into the church. But actually, we're not our own, and, and submission, you know, not only to um our like to one another, actually, you know, we're meant to submit to one another and defer yeah. to one another's anointings and giftings, but also submitting um to God um is vital because we're not our own he he um he, he you know we're his we belong to him it's yeah. just good to take a moment I, I do it every now and again and, and I, I I pray or I worship and I tell him he's the king you know not just my lord my friend heavenly papa you know all this great stuff that we've been learning but just remember you're still the king you know you, you are yeah. not just the king of everybody else you're the king of me um and that, yeah. that's my assignment. <clears throat> Sometimes I end my emails and I just write for the king. Yeah, love so that. important, I think, to like remember. I talk about Jesus as the king. One of my favourite emoticons in WhatsApp is the wee crown. Like, All right. The, yeah. the king, King Jesus will sort this and I put the wee crown. And, um, but yeah, no, he's, he is, he's our king. Yeah, and we could, we could really get off on one here as well. <laughs> but, but because of that... <laughs> When you read, I mean, I love you. You introduced this, I think, last time in the first chapter of Philippians, which he, he wrote Philippians in in his uh, house arrest. He says, "I want you to know how what happened to me served to advance the gospel, and that the whole Praetorian Guard, which was Caesar's closest guard, had, had basically heard the gospel because Paul was in Rome and it had been was under this house arrest, and he'd submitted to this." process he had really five years of his life he was he had very little freedom and very little choice about what he did where he went and he submitted to that but the outcome was that the gospel got into the center of the roman empire because at the end of philippians he said that the basically the believers from caesar's household which is who's the supreme ruler his household send greetings to the believers in philippi and you're like in Paul's submission to King Jesus and therefore actually this faith-filled submission to the constraints that he was in, God positioned him exactly 
where we want him to be and positioned him to influence for the gospel right at the heart of, of the empire that ruled the world at that time. I'm like, that's amazing. All the saints greet you, especially those yeah. of Caesar's household. He was at the heart of the Roman Empire. Yeah, he surrendered and yielded to what God had his That's it. Him. Thanks, Jan. Thanks. But the thing that I love about that part in the story is just two things. One, the fact he was imprisoned. And actually what that did was it just gave other believers just fresh boldness and courage to actually think, well, if he can be imprisoned and be preaching. The point <laughs> is there's tons of constraints for us right now but i believe we need to see it like this we're, we're if you like we are prisoners of covid for jesus so we're prisoners for jesus and he's going to lead us to be exactly where I'm he wants not sure us to what his be point was. we're prisoners of covid but we can use that i'm guessing and those circumstances that god's got us in to actually be who god's called us to be my point <laughs> is that god <laughs> Paul got to the centre of the Roman Empire because of circumstances he wasn't in control with. And I believe God's using this in the church for the advance of the kingdom. He's The constraints are going to get us to places and already getting us places we wouldn't have thought about going or we wouldn't have entertained. But he's using it if we'll, if we'll submit to it rather than fight it. We're learning, we're already learning things and we're going to end up in a great place and i think that's my point i've got faith that he's using covid to actually advance the gospel and increase the strength of the church now in that process it may mean we get shook up because it exposes what's not kingdom in the church you know shaking exposes the solid as well as the the not solid the non-kingdom stuff so uh (laughs) Dish says, great point. So glad you got to the end of it eventually. (laughs) I think it's okay that that COVID is constraining us. Uh, I think it's exposed the level of consumerism that's in the church, but it's also giving us opportunities that we've never had before. And we're learning things like this. We're learning to be present and do a more and more excellent job in the digital world and and on and on, I think I think we'll be surprised at the way that God positions us and the things that we're learning. He's he uses everything for for good, and he's using this terrible stuff to get the church in a better place, a stronger place. And actually, who knows how many people he's positioning in places of influence, like he did with Paul through this difficult time. And and, and really, the world lacks the Daniels and the Josephs. Uh, and the the Esthers who are positioned not in places of power, but right next to the influencers and, and the governors and the and the presidents to influence them. And, and I think that's crucial for people and crucial for the church in this season. I think you know whenever we looked at this a few weeks ago, that you know in Philippians four, um, Paul uh, wrote to the the Philippian church and said that he'd learned in whatever situation. Um, I've learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low and I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I've learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. 
And I think, you know, we can read that verse. And I mean, the challenge I was putting out to all of us the last time is, you know, like, have I learned to be content in any and every circumstance? But I think one of the things that came up, um, we were chatting about this actually in our small group. um, And one of the people in our group made this great point of actually that the the real key here is learning. Like Paul had talked about, you know, what he said is that he, I I have learned as in Mm. it's done. He learned the lesson. But actually, there was a point in time where Paul was learning, and yeah, he had There was a process of learning, and he hadn't got to that point yet. And I think for us, we just it's just that sense of like we need to have grace for ourselves that mm. actually, as long as we are willing to stay to continue to learn, and and even to be you know like God, what you know, how can I learn this week to be content? What does that look like for me? Will you show me, Holy Spirit? Will you help me? Because actually, it's 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 we can do all things through him it's him yeah. who strengthens us we, want, we yeah. can't make yourself be content we can't make ourselves so do anything it's and tying back into that we're yielded and we belong to him and so yeah, actually it's really good. him who helps us and it's him who is going to help us to learn contentment but i think just having grace for the process i think that was just something i wanted to tease out that actually we're you know, we're, we're not there yet. <laughs> I'm yeah, not there yet. Yeah, I'm yeah. still learning no, what contentment looks like. But I think, you know, sometimes we can read a verse like that and feel like, well, I've not learned, therefore, why bother? Because I'm not sure, you know, but we need to just mm. be open to learning, I think, and in, in, in that point, place of in any and every circumstance. And and when we find ourselves in circumstances like the one we're in now, where we're locked down in our houses, well, what actually can I learn in this, God? What do you want to show me? How can I learn to be content? What what, what do you want? To, what lessons do you have for me? What do you want to teach me? Um, and I think that that's something I try to do um, in different situations. You know, if um, I have a tough time at work, you know, God, what, you, what do you want to teach me in this? What yeah. can I learn? And I yeah. think having that posture of openness to learn is just so key. Um, I remember um, having a conversation with this incredible woman of the faith who is now in her 90s, actually, but she's an absolute legend. She's known by many, many people in my uh, hometown and across Scotland. And I asked her, you know, what makes you like, what makes you so young? Like, why is she so, she so exudes the joy of Jesus? It just beams out of her face. And she's so much fun. She's just like, you know, older lady um, and definitely, you know, has skin that's weathered and is, she's been around for a long time. She's incredible. And she said to me, I always have stayed open to learning. Um, and I thought, wow. oh, I'm going to remember this because that is a genius nugget um, that actually she's always stayed open to learning um, from God, from others, from, you know, not not thinking that she'd arrived <laughs> yeah. um, even in her 90s. She's still learning. So I think that is so important for us we're gonna to have to land this aren't we because the main event is coming um which is present sunday <laughs> at uh, 10 45 and i want to grab a coffee and get in on that and everybody else needs a, a quick break but that, it's it's so good uh, and i love that i can do all things you know philippians 4 13 is quoted so much but the context is that learning i have learned to be content whether i'm abounding or I'm in constraint or in difficulty. And if if we need the help of the Lord in anything, it's that ability to be content and the fact that Christ is in us and the Holy Spirit is with us. 
that's the only way you know this isn't a self-improvement program it's a god improvement program he's the one that's transforming us uh, as as we yield to him i think this whole package comes together doesn't it uh, having a, yeah. a, a, a active view of so- sovereignty he's using this for good but not a passive view of sovereignty which is all just uh, what's the word jan just kind of you can become lazy and switched off but actually a bit apathetic you just yeah yeah it's all decided yeah that what's the point that's not it it's fatalistic that was the word i used that was the word this is not fatalism we're looking for the opportunity that sovereignty provides that his goodness is working out so we should pray eh? and and land yeah yep time goes Uh, do you want to pray (laughs) Yeah, I'll pray. Father, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for, thanks for Paul. Thank you for the lessons that we can learn from his life. Thank you that actually there's so many incredible truths for us to take and to apply to our own lives. And I want to pray, Holy Spirit, for everyone watching this live and those who are going to tune in later, that you will just help every single one listening. Help us, help Andy, help me to actually um, ask the questions what do you want us to learn and help yeah. us to be um yielded and surrendered to you so that actually the whatever circumstance we're in and um, we know that we you know you're gonna you're gonna use it for good because actually we belong to you and so i just pray for that deep sense of peace that we will just know that yeah. we're yours and that actually that will allow us to be able to learn the process of contentment and to keep our hope alive and i just ask holy spirit that you'll help us that you'll spring up on the inside of us that you'll um fill us afresh and that we will just be um people of great um hope who are an example to others that we'll be able to use this time to advance the kingdom to reach out into our streets and neighborhoods and to reach out amongst our friends who don't yet know you where they're hungry let them just experience yeah Thanks for tuning in. Bye. Bye.